0: Want to be a part of the conversation then let us know on the tnt radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live lighting the fuse for freedom today's news talk tnt radio this is the reckoning with timothy shea on today's news talk radio tnt oh doctor has it
1: been a active first week of january 2024 We had big stories Monday, Tuesday. If you don't know what I'm referring to, go back into the archives on tntradio.live and check out those shows. We're posting all the video shows now in the archives. Wednesday, we had the first tranche of Epstein documents, which didn't really tell us that much. Yesterday, however, there was a second tranche of Epstein documents that, told us a little bit more. But perhaps the most important Epstein story this week, because remember, I I keep telling you, this is all a distraction. The first tranche came out the same day that the 32-page report showing how the elections were stolen in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Arizona, how many votes were stolen in each of those states, and how many were stolen by each of the methods that they used to steal the elections. The big story about Epstein this week, though? Did you know? I didn't know. Epstein fixer Michael Citrix's apartment was raided, or his office. I think it's a home office. But his servers were stolen. I know that crime is out of control in Los Angeles, but that's just a little too coincidental for my taste. What do you think? That... To quote the letter, the infamous letter of 51 intelligence agency members, community members, including John Cipher, who was a year ahead of me in college. That has all the hallmarks of a CIA operation. It sounds like the kind of stumble, bum, bungle job that CIA would do like they did at the Watergate just remember the night they were caught wasn't the first night they were there wasn't the second night they were there wasn't the third night they were there they they kept screwing up and having to go back more and more times and then they ended up getting caught only because they put the tape going east and west on the door when they were supposed to put it going north and south in a eagle-eyed security officers saw a piece of tape sticking out of the door that was supposed to be locked and the tape was there to to keep the latch from engaging and that's what led to them being arrested so Michael Citric has his servers stolen right before you know over the the New Year's weekend That's apparently happened last weekend right before the documents were supposed to be released here's what I know for sure We are never going to be told the entire truth about Jeffrey Epstein, his connection to the various intelligence agencies, CIA, FBI intelligence, perhaps military intelligence and naval intelligence here, perhaps MI6, perhaps MI5 for that matter, and perhaps Mossad. We know he's got connections to Les Weckner. We know he's got connections through Ghislaine Maxwell to Robert Maxwell, who's also got connections to MI6 and Mossad. This was an intelligence agency honey trap. It was a blackmail plot. We're never going to be told the entire truth about it, just like we've never been told yet the entire truth about the assassination of JFK or RFK or for that matter, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. One thing I know for certain though, the documents that matter are in possession of the FBI, and that is very bad. That's a danger to democracy right there, and I'm not being hyperbolic. Christopher Ray, by possessing those documents solely, has far too much power. He's got the same power that J. Edgar, call me Mary when you see me at a party in D.C. in a dress Hoover had. Hoover ran the FBI as a blackmail operation. It's been corrupt since its start. Pulled that little trick out of the bag of Al Capone's bag of tricks. And now Christopher Ray has the same power. Christopher Ray has shown himself not to be a man of honor, not to be a man of character, not to be a man of scruple. He's shown himself to not be trustworthy. So why on earth should we trust him with this information? The FBI needs to release that information post-haste. And if they won't, they need to be forced to. And if they defy a subpoena to that effect, (laughs) we need to start having consequences in this country. And I can't think of a better place to start than right there, at that hideous, brutalist building on Pennsylvania Avenue. I'm Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning. Don't miss out on a thing. Be sure to download the TNT app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on today's news talk, TNT. Abroad or at home, this is your news. By
2: staying silent, we are part of the problem.
1: Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. TNT. Judicial Watch has filed a $30 million wrongful death lawsuit against the U.S. government on behalf of the family of Ashley Babbitt, the woman fatally shot inside the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus.
3: Thanks, Timothy. Uh, Appropriate timing for this story. Considering tomorrow is the anniversary of the date, uh, the lawsuit filed in a federal court in San Diego accuses the U.S. Capitol Police Lieutenant Michael Byrd of multiple counts of negligence that resulted in Miss Babbitt's death by a gunshot wound to her left anterior shoulder. Judicial Watch filed the action against the government on behalf of Ms. Babbitt's husband, Aaron Babbitt, and her personal estate. Ms. Babbitt was shot outside the east entrance to the U.S. House Speaker's lobby at 2.44 p.m. on January 6th as she climbed into a broken door window. She was pronounced dead half an hour later at a Washington, D.C. hospital. The to Excuse me. The lawsuit states, quote, Ashley experienced extreme pain, suffering, mental anguish and intense fear before slipping into pre-terminal unconsciousness. The fact that Ashley was alive and conscious in extreme pain and suffering is documented in videos of the shooting. Furthermore, nothing about the wound track described in the autopsy report would be expected to result in immediate death or instantaneous loss of consciousness, and Ashley's lungs contained blood, further confirming that she was alive and breathing after being shot, end The suit alleges that Mr. Bird, now a USCP captain, was negligent in the use of his firearm and in his faulty assessment that Miss Babbitt posed an imminent threat to his life. The lawsuit states, quote, Ashley was unarmed. Her hands were up in the air, empty and in plain view of Lieutenant Byrd and other officers in the lobby. Ashley posed no threat to the safety of anyone, end quote. Miss Babbitt was unaware of Mr. Byrd's presence given his hidden position along the wall inside the speaker's lobby, the suit says quote, Lieutenant Byrd, who was not in uniform, did not identify himself as a police officer or otherwise make his presence known to Ashley. Lieutenant Byrd did not give Ashley any warnings or commands before shooting her dead, end quote. As the incident commander for the U.S. House on Jan six. Mr. Bird is held to a higher standard than other officers inside the speaker's lobby, according to the lawsuit. Quote, he breached multiple applicable standards of care governing A, the safe use of a firearm, B, the perception and assessment of imminent threats, C, use of force levels and escalation, de-escalation of force, D, the perception and assessment of relevant facts, E, the use of warnings, F, firing backdrops, and G, obtaining timely appropriate medical aid, among other Breaches to be identified through discovery. Furthermore, it says, quote, had Lieutenant Bird adhered to these standards, he would not have fired and Ashley would be alive today, end quote. The suit stated that Mr. Bird had a duty, quote, to refrain from using or handling his firearm in a careless or imprudent manner, end quote. Mr. Bird should have kept his finger, quote, safely off the trigger, end quote, of his service weapon, quote, until the moment when a reasonable, prudent police officer would believe that firing is imminent, end quote. This is all according to the lawsuit. Mr. Byrd also failed to, quote, maintain his unholstered weapon at low ready, end quote, and instead pointed the gun, quote, at no fewer than three people on the other side of the lobby doors and in the direction of Ashley and as many as seven uniformed police officers positioned near her in the hallway. In the stu- suit goes on to say, quote, instead of diligently assessing the appropriateness of using deadly force against Ashley as an individual at the moment he shot and killed her, at 2.44 p.m., Lieutenant Byrd negligently, if not recklessly, assessed all persons inside the Capitol as a, quote, unquote, imminent danger to House members, end quote. And uh, furthermore, Mr. Byrd Bear- failed to run through the five levels of force before resorting to the lethal discharge of his gun. Basically, Timothy, the people who put together this lawsuit clearly know more about the responsibilities and the duties of being a Capitol Police officer and or lieutenant than Mr. Byrd does. What do you think?
1: Well, I don't think there's any question about that. No, timing isn't coincidental. There's a three-year statute of limitations on filing a case such as this, and that would expire tomorrow. So that's why it's being filed today. It's behind this lawsuit, 100 percent, the only Problem I have with it is that it's only asking for thirty million. I, I would hope that punitive damages, which would triple that amount to ninety million, would be awarded by a court. I'm sure they're going to be asked for. Yeah, you can't ask for a billion dollars, but thirty million, given the given Ashley's age and uh, the pain and suffering she was put through, Adam, we've all seen the video. This was cold-blooded murder, and it is also a damning indictment. Of our federal government and shows just how corrupt it is u.s capitol police would not identify michael bird in fact they put him down in a army barracks away from everybody so that you needed to get onto the base in order to even have access to him they hid him away they wouldn't release his name. It was only a diligent citizen that identified him from photographs. That's how Michael Bird's name came out. It was an independent citizen journalist that got his name out. I had a very nice conversation with Ashley's mom about 15 months ago. I met her in Pennsylvania at a Clay Clark Reawaken America event. And she's a lovely woman. And the pain in her eyes was almost too much to bear. I hope that the family receives some justice, but I hope America wakes up and sees just how corrupt our U.S. Capitol Police is, our U.S. Congress is, our U.S. Department of Justice is, and our FBI is, because no criminal charges were filed against Michael Byrd for what, as I said, appears to be cold-blooded murder.
3: Yeah, I've I've seen Mickey Whithoff um, interviewed numerous times. Um, I think she's even been on TNT Radio, probably on the Joe Hoth Show, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and you usually see her. Actually, you will see her, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ashley's sister, um, mm-hmm. Mickey's other daughter, they're always wearing the shirts. You can see them, and so yes. they're sitting there in in on TV, and they're just sitting there. They're so dedicated to the cause of bringing attention and and trying to get some justice for what what as you said, it was cold blooded murder of of Ashley Babbitt. Sad to say, um, they so, yeah, are. I, I, was at, the, I was at
1: I was at the January sixth rally on the Ellipse, and we were on our way up to the Capitol for that second rally, which was permitted and which was planned for the east side of the Capitol. And the wind was just too cutting, and so we decided to go back to the hotel and warm up and. That's actually where we met Jeremy Brown, whose story we've told here several times. We interviewed him from Pinellas County Jail, and our phones blew up. So we went and didn't go near the Capitol that day, but a fellow conservative warrior and I went over to the Capitol on the 7th. And there was a little impromptu memorial, you know how they have them at the scenes of car accidents and outside the gates of someone's home who's been murdered or, or, or whatnot outside the Palace in London after Diana Princess of Wales was killed in that car accident and there were flowers and there somebody had put a, a hand-drawn sign a memorial to to Ashley Babbitt and they had misspelled her name because you know understandable everybody would think it was a-s-h-l-e-y and and didn't know how to spell Babbitt and so I I just took out a marker i had a marker with me and i took it out and i was just kneeling down there correcting the spelling and my fellow conservative warrior took a picture of that moment i had no idea until much after um, you know a, a while afterward that a picture had even been taken it was just the right thing to do it's the right thing to do for a court to award Ashley's family this money and to hold Michael Byrd accountable and to hold the U.S. Capitol Police accountable for, again, what appeared to be cold-blooded murder. Thanks for an important story, Adam. Another great week of stories. Can't wait to see what you bring us next week. You're listening to The Reckoning on today's News Talk TNT
2: tnt radio's kate shamirani don't stop taking prescription medication always go and see your indoctrinated gp always but with psychiatric drugs you have to actually wean off them they're very addictive and you have to wean off them now i find all this really concerning but what i cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all they just let it on the market all the time sugar 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 and then that's not even to bring in like msg monosodium glutamate and and i if I I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very, really can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys. Not them. Don't get all excited. But I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying. And it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your your teenagers' brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age.
0: Kate Shemarani on TNT Radio. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. <laughs> No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. They've launched a new service called Wake Up Your Neighbours, where you can get copies delivered to the streets right around you if you don't want to do it yourself. The Light Paper. Not far right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk CO2 sustains all life on Earth, but now it's in long-term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Chuck Kordak is a very
1: successful serial entrepreneur, primarily in the computer software and services industry. He was Shark Tank before Shark Tank an alumnus of Ohio State University, where he was a Navy ROTC midshipman. He's currently working on a master's degree. Chuck is a staunch conservative from a military family and is committed to giving back to our military and first responders. He's been active in the Ohio GOP for decades and his educational initiative, Right of Center USA, focuses on training our current and future leaders. I'd like to welcome back to The Reckoning for our biweekly flyover state report Chuck Kordak of Right Center USA.
4: It's an honor, Timbo. It really is. And like I said, went. Go ahead. No, I went out of my way today. Took a shower, put the glasses on, even got my favorite scarlet gray tie and my uh, Ohio State pin that I got for making a ridiculous donation back in uh, 2000, which I wish I had right now with all the Biden inflation. You know, (laughs) it's absolutely terrible. You know, and if I was really, really got dressed up for you, I would have wore a great pair of slacks and some Trafalgar suspenders, but I'm wearing my Buckeye, my Bucky pajamas for you. Yeah, sure you are. Sure you are. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, we've got a new, we've got a new term. It's no longer buyer's remorse. It's Biden remorse. I think a lot of people regret voting for Stumblebum Joe. And I think it's going to be pretty hard for them to justify even... 18 million votes next time around, much less 81 million. Timbo, and you and I both
4: witnessed it, you know, in Detroit and oh. Philadelphia. We, we were there, you know, and, and the, crazy, the crazy thing is, you know, where are they going to come up with all these fake ballots or the two vans with the Cadillac Escalade, you know, up in Cobo Hall, Detroit, and it opens up and there's pallets of ballots coming out. Actually, witnessed it, you yeah. know, and you got Rudy Giuliani, I call him the next day, he says, you know, you know, get your ass down to Philadelphia, and uh, you're going to fill out a statement. You know, for what happened up in Detroit, and we were down there. We witnessed the whole thing again. All that we cheating sure did. That went on. I don't know how they're going to make up for it.
1: Well, and let's not let people forget. It's not the first time they did that. We literally had CCTV video of someone pulling up and taking ballots out of the trunk of a car and bringing them into accounting center in minnesota when al franken stole the senate seat from norm coleman this isn't anything new they've been doing this for a long long time and we saw it as you said and it's totally normal chuck to put up plywood and sheetrock and and butcher paper and everything else to block the windows of the room in which the counting is going on, you know. If you've got sure. nothing to hide, I'm going to use one of the left's tropes. If you've got nothing to hide, why are you, why are you concerned? They always say when we're when we talk about civil rights, it's funny that you know they always say the parties have flipped, which they haven't politically. But what has flipped is it's now conservatives that are all exercised about civil rights and in the Constitution, the Fourth Amendment, et cetera, where it used to be the ACLU. The ACLU is too busy protecting terrorists now and, and Jew haters to protect people's Bill uh, fourth amendment rights, their first amendment rights. So it's up to us. And they always say though, well, why do you care if there's surveillance? If you've got nothing to hide, why do you care if there's surveillance? Well, I'm, I'm saying the same thing. If you've got nothing to hide, why are you putting up plywood and sheetrock and butcher paper?
4: Yeah, if you haven't done anything wrong, you have nothing to worry right. about.
1: That's right. right? Yeah, we are say my mother used on to say that. Yeah, yeah.
4: Mom used to say that. Nurse Ratchet would say that all the time. You know, he done nothing wrong. He got nothing to hide.
1: That's exactly yeah, so he, right. Well, we know we know that's not the case. We know that what they've got to hide and what they've got to hide is there's no way in this universe that 81 million legal citizens, legally registered citizens, voted for Joe Biden. It just didn't happen
4: well McDonald was it uh McDonald's telling us that we need to as Republicans we need to go out and vote early you know she's telling all of us that to go out and yeah. vote early you know but if I was in yeah. Chicago I remember I was on Central Committee up in Cook County back in the early 90s it was always you know uh vote early vote often. Vote, yeah women really yeah, vote, <laughs> vote often you know back in uh, Mayor Daly's uh you know Chicago and all of Cook County up there you know but that's when Republicans are really truly Republicans and the Democrats, you know, they're truly blue dog Democrats up there. Yeah. And now it's totally flipped down. Now the, uh, the rhino Republicans should be considered blue dog Democrats. I mean, we got it right here in Ohio with, uh, you know, Mike DeWine with what he pulled this week with the whole oh. transgender deal. I mean, it was just, <laughs> I I and Frank LaRose, at least he did text me back Timbo. I really do love the guy. He texted me back, you know, and he really slammed you know, DeWine. He did a great job doing that. And I just responded back to him with Kevin Caldwell, who's on the text string with me. And I said, you know, I didn't expect it from uh, Catholic Mike DeWine, but I did expect it from the John Kasich, uh, Rhino Mike DeWine. I knew it was going right. to happen. You know, exactly. and they, really got to, they, they got to clean this up, you know, and, and you know, I know that Frank uh, didn't get the endorsement for Trump for Senate here. But still think it should be the uh george lang larose ticket or larose george uh uh, frank larose george lang you know or vice versa the one for governor i mean they got david yost is an up-and-comer he's the attorney general but do we need another attorney another attorney general for the state of ohio to be governor again and then it's just more eight more years of john Kasich.
1: yeah and that's the problem that we've had here in new york state the attorney general's office not the lieutenant governor's office seems to be the stepping stone to the governorship. And I'd like to remind people we've had the last three governors have resigned in disgrace. First, we had, uh, we had Elliot Spitzer with a sex scandal. Then we had David Patterson with a corruption scandal. And then we had Andrew Cuomo. And the thing is, Andrew Cuomo didn't resign because he killed 15,000 elderly New Yorkers by putting sick COVID patients into nursing homes with healthy elderly, including Janice Dean's father. He resigned because of some collusion with his brother, trading stories back and forth and planting stories on CNN and whatnot, which in my mind, that's far less of an evil than what he did to us during Covid.
4: Yes, you know, not using the Javits Center, not using the uh, the hospital ship that they put there. Um, exactly. You know, and Janice Dean used to absolutely drive me crazy in the mornings because she goes, you know, this is, you know, hello, oh, hello, how are you? Where are you from? And she do that all the time. It just drives me absolutely crazy on in the mornings. I told Chrissy, "Oh my God, she's got to tone it down a little bit." But I tell you what, since she lost her in laws, she has really calmed down, become more focused, and she really is a great person.
1: She's a lovely lady. I've, I've met her out on that rope line. Yeah, we 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 hand, we gave her a couple bottles of our fragrances a few years ago out on that rope line five years ago now. And uh, she is a lovely woman, and we're behind her fight 100%. You're listening to The Reckoning on today's News Talk TNT.
0: What a news day this is turning out to be. Wait, 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 wait till you hear this. Now, TNT Radio News.
1: For TNT, this is James O'Neill. During a visit to Tel Aviv, U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham assured Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Washington's ongoing commitment to supporting Israel, particularly in the context of escalating tensions with Iran. In a discussion about historical military tactics on his social media platform X, Elon Musk advised against invading Russia, drawing on historical examples. The White House is expressing concern that the ongoing conflict in Gaza may escalate and spread to other parts of the Middle East
0: don't miss a thing be sure to download the tnt radio app from either the apple app store or google play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere anytime available right now to download keeping you up to speed on tnt radio chuck i
1: want to pick up on that last point i too like and i would like to see george lang as the governor i think he's got a little more experience he's got a little more uh, miles on the odometer politically then frank frank's still a a relatively new politician great guy personally american hero and i think he could really benefit uh, being under george's wing as george's lieutenant governor and then if we could have frank have george for 8 years have frank for 8 years that would be 16 years of solid leadership in ohio get ohio back on track one of the things that's concerning me is the resignation you had down in Southeast Ohio, what's going on there with Bill Johnson?
4: You know, I didn't, you know, that, that was really puzzling. You and I were talking about that the other day. It's like, you know, Bill, why couldn't you just, you know, wait, you know, you know, six more months or, you know, nine more months to resign or do something like that, or finish out this term. And it's kind of ironic though, like why Jim Tressel, who I know, you know, I know Jim, you know, we were in the HBO, the rivalry together. You know, he has one of our ammo can humidors that's in his office that's got Jim yeah. Trussell's name on it. And his brother was absolutely fantastic, too. You know, unlike other, you know, like the Bidens, you know, he's actually got a brother that actually does something that works. And the guy's got a Ph.D., but I don't know why Trussell just couldn't hang on and Bill Johnson could have stuck through this and just, you know, ran another congressman for uh, for office. Now we're probably going to have to have a special election you know, over there in uh, Southeast uh, Ohio. And last time I saw Bill was at the uh, cigar fundraiser at the Eagle uh, Tavern that we donated cigars to. We've done that for a number of years. And Franklin was there and all the big politicians from south, Southeast Ohio are there. And I don't know, Tip, I don't have the answers yet. I've been making some phone calls, you know, up in the area and say, you know, Bill, what's going on? Well, I'm a little but, concerned
1: because it's very odd for someone and he's going to be taking the reason you mentioned Jim Trestle. He's going to be taking Jim uh, taking over for Jim Trestle as president of Youngstown State University. Jim's retiring. It's odd for a school president to come in on January 22nd, because that's what's going to happen. He's resigning from Congress January 21st, and he's going to start at Youngstown State on January 22nd. Well, I've been through a number of candidate searches and, and president changes in my college. It's very active in the Alumni Association for a couple decades. And it's not normal for that to happen. Why wouldn't he uh, take the reins over the summer or take the reins after, you know, after the convention, before the new school year? That would make sense. I've got a sinking feeling in my gut that the reason that he's resigning is the same reason that Kevin McCarthy resigned, that the same reason that we've had a couple other resignations, is that they're trying to whittle down the Republican majority, it is conceivable that we lose the majority and that Democrats control both the House and the Senate before the election and before the new Congress is sworn in on January 3rd, 2025.
4: Yeah, you know, Tim, I just don't, uh, it, it's just, we've never, never seen anything like this before, no. you know, in our lifetimes, nothing at all. And it's just, it's just ironic. It's incredible. It just, you know, where are we, especially in some place in Ohio, you know, where we got some pretty solid, you know, congressmen that are here, you know, Jim Jordan, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's here. Um, You know, we've also got, um, uh, forget the one in Westchester, who is the uh, U.S. uh, uh, Army Academy, uh, Military Academy grad, that's Warren Davison. And he's solid. You know, but every once in a while, he does come up with a couple of crazy votes every once in a while, but he's a solid, you know, uh, Republican that we have. But it's just kind of ironic that he would just retire and then take this job. And the other thing, too, is that, you know, he's got to go through uh, the state, you know, the trustees for the state of Ohio, you know, to get to actually be able to accept that position. So there, he hasn't, I don't think he's done anything wrong at all. And they're not trying to hide anything. But like you said, they're just whittling it down so that we don't have any majority whatsoever.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think this was a GOPE move because we know that we can't trust the national GOP as long as Ronna McDaniel's running it. And it's it just smacks of a little bit of petulance maybe. Well, Donald Trump's running, they're going to be doing all they can to put Nikki Haley in instead of Donald Trump. There was great news today that the Supreme Court is taking up the challenge to Trump being on the ballot in Colorado. So the they did grant certiorari today late, right right before we came on air. And so the Supreme Court will be hearing that case, and I fully expect them to rule that the 4th Amendment is or 14th Amendment insurrection clause is completely inapplicable to this situation because well factually this was the only armed insurrection where the only people that were armed were the cops. Nobody was armed. It's the only insurrection where the putative leader of the insurrection authorized 10,000 National Guard troops to protect the Capitol, and that the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and the D.C. Mayor, Marion Bowers, rejected them said, no, we don't need them. So that's typical for an insurrection leader, right? I'm I'm going to lead an insurrection tomorrow, so I'd like to authorize 10,000 National Guard troops to protect the Capitol to stop my insurrection. I mean, the whole thing is ludicrous on its face, this insurrection allegation. So as a matter of fact, they're going to argue that it doesn't apply. And as a matter of law, they're going to argue, they're going to rule that it doesn't apply because the 14th Amendment insurrection clause was solely designed to prevent Robert E. Lee, the other Confederate generals, and the political leaders of the Confederate States of America from ever holding office in the United States. That was the penalty. Okay. You led a you led a rebellion against the government, you threatened the Union. So now you're you know, you're gonna be in the penalty box. You can't have office anymore so is, is both a matter of fact and law Trump will win this case in the Supreme Court mm-hmm. un- unless they do something completely unexpected which uh, I guess if I expected them to do it it wouldn't be unexpected but I just don't see it happening
4: you know but Tim, they've done this they've tried this in a number of states like the state up north in Michigan you know that got tossed out that didn't go through sure. and sure. just keep going from state to state to state and it's in well it's and this woman up in it's Maine
1: yeah, this this girl up in Maine, the Secretary of State up there is going to be slapped down as part of this case. Here's what I am worried about, though. Here's what I am worried about. I got a report from our GOPE, or GOP, I'm sorry, he's not GOPE, GOP leader in Rhode Island tonight, and he's going to be on the show on January 15th to talk about this a little bit further. But in Rhode Island already, right the day that petitions were acceptable you know there's a window where you can Mm -hmm. take petitions from this date to that date the very first day joe biden all of a sudden rhode island has all the signatures he needs tens of thousands of signatures boom done why because the secretary of state in rhode island processed all the biden applications immediately republicans like this one has a few hundred and that one has a few hundred and the other one has a few hundred so i'm worried then it's the petition system that they're going to attack next, that they're going to not process Donald Trump's petitions until the very end when there's no time to cure. And if if one signature on a sheet is challenged and is found to not be kosher, the entire sheet gets thrown out. I'm really worried that they're going to try to run out the clock, as Colonel Mike Ford said, on last night's show and not certify his petition signatures until the very end and then come out and say, oh, he doesn't have enough. Too bad. So sad. He's not on the ballot. That's my fear. I see that coming next.
4: Well, Tim, we've done a lot. I've done a lot of you know ballots, you know, signing up for candidates in the state of Ohio. We always do it where you got to be 120 percent With what's going on today, you you got to be two. I want to get into
1: more. Yeah, I want to get into more of the tactical, more of the nuts and bolts on this after this break. You're listening to the Reckoning on Today's News Talk TNT.
0: Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Did you know that
1: a person is only twenty percent responsible for their own health? Yes, that's what I said. Twenty percent. You see, it's really all about racism. So says Dr. Uche Blackstock on MSNBC
2: the legacy of slavery, the legacy of Jim Crow, current-day systemic racism impacts the health of our communities. And so I think it's so important for us to connect the dots. The dots that need to be connected are that, you know, individuals are only responsible for about 20% 20% of what makes them healthy. The other 80% are these systemic factors that Dr. Bulware and her colleagues studied um, in this very, very important research.
1: She then went on to name some of the problems affecting the Black community.
2: Higher quality education, better job
1: opportunity, um, more green space. All of that is critically, critically important. And I'm so glad that we are now discussing those factors instead of what happens inside of an exam room or a clinic room look no doubt environment plays a role in everybody's health but 80 percent i'm not buying it thanks for giving me a minute i'm steve Malzberg. catch my show monday through friday 9 p.m eastern time
3: right here on tnt the thing that drives me every day as a dad is him every day he's hungry for something And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that he's a good person. I think the advice I would give is you don't need to know all the answers. It's okay to make mistakes. As long as it's coming from love, then it kind of starts to work itself out.
0: Political neutrality, not with Timothy Shea this is the reckoning with timothy shea on today's news talk radio tnt so chuck you and i have worn out more pairs of shoes going
1: door to door collecting signatures and doing uh candidate meet and greets than we'd care to remember why don't you explain to people who maybe signed a petition but they've never been involved in the petition process what's involved what's required what's involved and what the strategy is
4: you know really it, what it's doing is you got to make sure that the the signature matches what's going to be on the Board of Elections and what they have and you always have to ask them you are you where are you a resident what county are you in and you've got to make sure they fill it out they've got to legibly print their name put their address on it and then you have to sign it each one has to be the same on all the ballots that are there and it's usually 20 signatures you know per ballots and you fill those out and I'll tell you what if one balance but petition sheets repetitions if, if one is wrong the whole thing's you know thrown out and you got to start over yeah with that whole that whole petition's gone and you've done all that work and the only way to, to ensure this is that you have not 110 percent not 120 percent 200 percent you know whenever you go to a political event anywhere in Franklin County or Cuyahoga County or even when I was in Cook County you know they are out there you know getting signatures at the events to get people signed up yeah. um, and then also going door to door you know they got their uh their walking sheets that they go you know this is the republican that lives here we go up to the door we knock on the door and ask them if they want to sign you know the petition and you ask them to do that but you got to make sure it's filled out properly because if it's not just one just one we'll throw that whole petition out you're done gone And then that's why you got to make sure it's 120 percent or 150 percent, because with the Democrats, they won't check it. But with the Republicans, they're going to look at these things inside and out.
1: With an electron microscope.
4: You know, you got to give these people some jobs or something to do, you know, especially with all the work welfare of all these government jobs, like in Franklin County. You know, when I want my daughter worked in the probation department down there, she goes, Dad, nobody does any work down here.
3: Yeah. It's like the 80, 20 rule.
4: You know, yes. it's almost, it's almost like prison too. Cause if you get 20 minutes for lunch, I'll tell you what, if you're not back in time, they scream and they yell at you and then they let you out like a bunch of high school students, you know, and she, she goes, one's doing any work. And she shows up, you know, with a, uh, you know a michael kors bag or a, a coach bag yeah. and she's dressed to the nines and she's looking great and everyone else is wearing spandex and billy bob teeth and she goes first thing i did was i got my health care i got my teeth done but nobody does any work but she did tell me that the democrats are working down there you know they're working on a computer working for candidates timbo when yeah, they're I not know. supposed
1: to be doing that at work my father was on a grand jury it was the andreoli probe corruption probe in syracuse back in the mid 70s and that was the issue it was someone selling tickets to a fundraiser on county property and there ended up being convictions in that case people went to jail for doing it and yet democrats do it in every city in this country small medium and large they use their government offices to run campaigns they use government mailing to send out campaign literature egregious violations of election law but nothing is done it's the double standard that has us so upset
4: you know it's 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 terrible you know if the double standard was uh applied to the democrats which it never is you know at all they get away with they get away with everything um
0: well here's the difference
4: between the republicans
1: Here's the difference between Republican and Democrat voters. Okay. Democrat voters are gleeful that their quote unquote leaders get away with breaking the law like they do. Republican voters don't want a double standard either way. If it was a double standard the other way, we'd say, you know what? That's really, that's not right. It's like a pro football fan that has the integrity to say, yeah, you know what? Ref blew the call. My guy did pass interfere on that and the other team you can basically mug a guy and if the ref calls it they get all upset and if the ref doesn't call it when their guy gets interfered with or when you know they get all upset if, if but if they can they can mug your guy and if there's no call there's like ah oh, well you know but you know the the fans with integrity will say you know what it wasn't right our guy whacked your guy and there should have been a penalty you don't see that from
4: democrats no not at all never happens no matter where it's even worse now timbo i mean it's just it's just flagrant it's in your face they get away with it and people don't care and it's not enforced at all tell you what in the state of ohio it's enforced you know they did lock up they did go after they did prosecute you know Franklin rose did go after a number of people here. In the state, he's done an absolute fantastic job. And if somebody's cheating or doing anything, they're going after him in the state of Ohio and they're locking him up. I well, wish they intellectual that- integrity,
1: that- intellectual integrity impels me to say that Democrats will be held to account. It's happened here in New York, but it's a low-level Democrat. In an off-election year, we sent someone to prison here a couple years ago for- breaking campaign law, but it was an off year election. It was done in a Democrat primary. So it was a Democrat that was injured by the illegal activity, not a Republican. And yet they will use that prosecution, where really they were just protecting the other Democrat, as saying, no, see, we're even handed. We go after Democrat corruption, never in a general, never when there's a Republican on the receiving end of the illegal activity. And yet they will say, no, 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 we're even handed. We, we hold our own to account, but it's always some low-level flunk- flunky that gets thrown under the bus in an off year just so well, that just they ha- have a cover story.
4: Well, it just happened in Chicago. They had the uh, city councilman up there, you know, yeah. uh, you know, who just uh, went away. He's pushing 80 years old and they throw, you know, Pritzker's going to, well, Pritzker can't pardon him because it's federal, but Joe Biden right. will probably end up, you know, giving him a pardon because of his age and everything else. But you know they throw they throw you know a couple bones they throw some out there every once in a while you know back when I was up there they had the Gray Lord stuff going on up in Chicago where they're bribing all the judges the judges were taking bribes you know and all the councilmen were involved in it but it's almost like they take out deliberately the ones that really don't matter right they try to make examples of them or they're getting yeah, rid of somebody point. somebody they don't want to I'll tell you in Franklin County they got rid of Sheriff Zach Scott who was truly a Republican that ran as a Democrat because he got appointed by a Democrat. And then he wanted to go in and go on state central committee, change things up and they booted him out of there. He didn't win that one because he fought the democratic machine. When he ran for mayor, they went after him and they booted him out and they put another sheriff in place here in, yeah. in Franklin county. And they did the same thing down in Cincinnati and Hamilton County, you know, with a uh, sheriff that ran down there you know, as a uh, Democrat. And now he switched parties. He's running as a Republican. You know, county- it's funny,
1: people, people on the coast think of the Midwest as being this nice place where you you raise cows and make cheese and, and grow some corn and some wheat. And, that you know, there's a, a phrase, Midwest are nice, and everybody brings casseroles over at everybody else's house all the time. And politics there, politics in the Midwest, is just as bare knuckles, is just as bloodthirsty, is just as sharp-elbowed as it is in Boston or Philly or New York or any place else.
4: You know, they've had receivers up in, uh, you know, Cleveland, Ohio, Cuyahoga County. Uh, you know, the county auditor, you know, over a decade ago, he or well, he ended up going to jail, you know, but he was a sacrificial lamb for what happened up in, uh, Jimmy DeMora was the guy who ended up going away, you know, in a prison, but he was a sacrificial lamb covered everything else for, and uh, you know, I'm still waiting for him to get a uh, pardon from Joe Biden. That's probably going to end up happening. I basically he's going to have a big, long list of pardons, including, uh, you know, his son Hunter, you know, is going to end up getting pardoned. But then I had something to asked today. He said, so if your son was having all these issues and everything, you go, Chuck, wouldn't you want to pardon your son? And I said, well, you know what? brought the kids up right that they wouldn't be doing anything like that, period. Right. Nothing like that. You know, and it it was it, it was shameful if something happened. You know, you know, I haven't had, you know, a stellar life or anything like that. Your mom always said, you know, don't do anything that's going to embarrass your family. You know, and these people just get away with it. They don't care. Um, all these partners are going to go left and right in all these states and include federal. Well,
1: it's not even as though Hunter were like Billy Carter, right? Remember Billy Carter <laughs> Billy getting <Beer>. involved? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Billy Beer, but getting involved with the foreign nationals and doing some consulting and all that kind of stuff. There was some corruption issues there with Billy. It's not even as though Billy were, you know, Hunter is a loose cannon, off on his own doing these things. He was Joe's bagman. He was doing what he was doing at the behest of his father and his uncle Jimmy. This was the Biden family business, selling the Biden name, selling access to Joe Biden. That was the brand. That was the product. That was the business. So if Joe Biden ends up pardoning Hunter, that really would be a constitutional crisis because the president has absolute unilateral authority under the Constitution to pardon anyone. But... Would we then, with the outrage then, because 40%, in a poll that came out today, 40%, Chuck, think that the January 6th protesters had a point. That's stunning. Now, the truth is coming out and people realize that January 6th wasn't what they said it was, that the election wasn't what they said it was. So what if we have a situation where Joe Biden, trying to overreach like they always do, pardons Hunter, and the outrage is so strong that they actually do go back and look at the 2020 election, rule that it was stolen, and that Joe Biden wasn't legally president, and therefore didn't have the authority to pardon Hunter, and ends up in the dock himself for all of his crimes. I know it's a crazy fantasy, but a man can dream.
4: It'd be very interesting if that happened, Tibbo. It really would. You know it's really just it's it's a it's a terrible time in this country that you know this is actually happening, you know, and I would expect more from your children, my children that they wouldn't pull any of these type of shenanigans and do anything like the, the Trump
1: especially gets, not at, especially not at our behest. Can you imagine you know, the, telling any of your five military sons to go commit crimes like this? I can't imagine telling my children to go commit crimes like this
4: no. Never would never think of that. And, uh, you know, and because of them, you know, we've got uh, four grandsons and we got another one on the way. You know, you know, and, and, uh, you know, Captain Andy's actually seriously thinking about calling them after my father, Louis. Oh, that would be nice. Louis Corda coming out. You know, that would be nice. Absolutely fantastic. And and the nature of our daughter in laws, they're all conservative, Timbo. You know, your boy's married well yes they did they, you got know, good they girls. did a fantastic job you know and uh they support each other absolutely love each other and they're they're worried I mean Andrew and his wife devout Catholics you know I'm going over there for a New Year's Eve dinner and, and my daughter-in-law's going what's with your GOP grand pops yeah. what the heck's going on I said it's not my GOP I said the, the, the establishment GOP in this state absolutely hates me. They do yeah. not like, cause I call them out all the time in their face, you know, throwing a wet towel at their fundraisers and all oh, rah, 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 and he goes, oh no, there's Chuck showing up again. He's going to throw a wet towel on the whole thing. I said, yeah, cause you got the wrong candidates again.
1: Well, as I always say, I've never been stabbed in the back by a Democrat, but I'm like a porcupine with all the knives
4: they've oh, taken from the GOP. Absolutely. You know, and the establishment, you know, Republicans in this state, you know, they're all worried. You know, if somebody like George Lang comes in, he's going to clean house. There will be a reckoning if we get
1: Senator George Lang in the mayor's or in the governor's mansion. We've got a few minutes left. It's a Friday. What happened last Monday? Both Michigan and Washington looked like they didn't want to win those games and go on to the national title game. It's going to be fun on Monday.
4: Monday's really gonna be a lot of fun. And uh, as a diehard Ohio State guy, guy rooting for Michigan, Timbo. Yeah. Well, that's really why I got the
1: blue on tonight. Go and, blue. I, and I'm
4: rooting, and I'm rooting for, uh, you know, for Habaugh because you know, really, truly, everything that happened with him was because he came out pro life. Exactly. Exactly. And they came after him for that, and they wanted him out. And he really needs to win that national championship. And this coach that we have. You know, and and really truly, the football teams that Ohio State's playing, they're not playing anybody. Timbo, the Big Ten isn't as good as it was at all. No, you know. And then they have Rutgers. Rutgers, but Rutgers actually beat Miami. I was kind of impressed with that, even though I got in trouble with the other show that I do where I called it out. Does Rutgers have a football team? And the guy sends me an email. I am not going to buy anything from Deployment Cigars at all, or any of my friends. You know, and I said okay. Really, you really don't want to have a football team down down there, do you? Uh, but the Rutgers
1: actually has had a pretty good program for a while. Coach Mike Ciano down there has has done a good job, and uh, the Big Ten is going to be stronger next year because Washington's going to be in the Big Ten, and uh, we're going to see USC and UCLA and Oregon in the Big Ten, which will be the Big 18. I'm really a stickler about this, it's not the Big Ten anymore, hasn't been for over a decade. It's the Big 14. It's soon to be the Big 18. They've ruined competitive college football in this country. It's it's basically just a minor league for the NFL now. Yeah, but the so game that, on Monday will be fun. And it's it's still fun with the school rivalries. And I want to thank Ohio State for oh, providing, providing their starting <laughs> quarterback to my Syracuse Orangeman in the portal. So we will take that very nicely. And we'll finally have a great quarterback to go with our our great new coach next year. I'd like to see the Orangemen back in the conversation where they belong. We're going to have to leave it there, Chuck. Thanks for another great Friday flyover state report. Timbo,
4: Stay uh,
1: tuned on TNT wait. for the Hervorier Moritz Show. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.